Welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings a little bit of the Sundance Film Festival to you. We discuss two movies that played at Sundance, along with one non-Sundance film, plus a few other fun things thrown in along the way. Today we are discussing An Education, Boy State, and Butter. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dylan. So Jessica, the question of the moment is, you got 60 pounds of butter, what do you do with it? Mm, I think I'm making hella cakes and cookies. Or I'm slathering it on a bunch of stacks of pancakes. Very nice. What are you doing? Well, the first thought that comes to your head is, of course, butter igloo. Mm. But with our hot Tennessee summers, it it wouldn't last very long. So I would take the pragmatic approach and find someone who has either 60 pounds of sour cream and another person who has the biggest baked potato ever. (laughs) Or similarly, someone with the biggest vat of waffle mix Mm -hmm. that one could possibly hold and just have a really good time. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. How's the week been? Well, Jessica, I'm glad you asked. Um, It's been a pretty good week. I've been watching a few things. I've been catching up on some Blu-ray reviews, especially for some Kino Classics titles that I want to discuss. The first, very briefly, is a 1990 modern film noir called The Hot Spot. It's directed by Dennis Hopper, and it stars Don Johnson, Virginia Matson, and Jennifer Connelly. And I had seen this movie before ages ago, so I was excited to revisit it, and I still really enjoy it. It's an interesting tale of a drifter who rolls into town, and there's seedy stuff going on in the town, and it's tales of infidelity and bank robbery and murder and all that good stuff Mm. but it's a very uh, sumptuous palette a visual palette um that (laughs) what it's sumptuous you can feel the heat radiating off this texas town and but it's really it's interesting It has a very good performance from Don Johnson, even though all of the characters are pretty unlikable, but they get into some twisty stuff. I think the only person that you really care for is Jennifer Connelly's character. It's just a very solid film noir, and if you like dark, twisty, messed up people doing bad things and sometimes getting away with it, then this is a film for you. But the other one that I enjoyed maybe even more is the 1981 Michael Apted drama, Continental Divide. It stars John Belushi and Blair Brown, who I know from years of watching Fringe. She had a fun part on that show. For those who only know John Belushi from SNL and Animal House and I guess Blues Brothers, this is a very different role for him that I think he could have, if he hadn't passed away so young, he probably could have had a Bill Murray-esque career that kind of transitioned more to the dramatic because he's very good in this film. It's a romantic comedy, but it more so edges towards, it, it balances the drama and the comedy very well and he proves to be a very subtle actor compared to some of his roles. He plays a news reporter who has to get out of town because he's broken, or he's made some people mad because of some of the exposés. So he's sent to uh, track this lady who's been following bald eagles in the Rocky Mountains. And there's an unlikely romance that blossoms from their interactions. They're, they're irritated with one another in their situation at first. And then, of course, love. Mm-hmm. But it's a really nice movie. It doesn't play up the more outrageous bits for comedy, it kind of is settled more into a semi-realistic reality. So I think it's a good effort for Belushi fans to check out if they want a little bit of a different side of him. It was the penultimate film for him before he passed away, and it was a good one. I'm just going to do another quick plug for Girls 5 Eva. Please watch it. It's fun, and if you enjoy Kimmy Schmidt, you will like this one. I want a second season. Thank you. <laughs> now, Dylan, I would like to know, shall we Sundance? Yes, we shall. I'm going to read what I want and to wear black 
Now that shows you're a rebel. They don't want that at Oxford. No, they don't want people who can think for themselves. Oh, of course they don't. I'm worried about your cello. <laughs> Jump in! What's this? Jenny's been sent some flowers from a chap. Thank you. Listen, I'm glad I ran into you. What are you doing on Friday? Nothing. I won't allow it! That's him. You got me right Hello. He didn't tell me he had a sister, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> what if I promised to have her back by 11.30? Very impressive young man. An education played at Sundance in 2009, where it won the Audience Award in World Cinema and the Cinematography Award. It is based on a memoir by Lynn Barber and adapted for the screen by Nick Hornby. It was directed by Lone Scherfig. It stars Carrie Mulligan, Peter Sarsgaard, Rosamund Pike, Alfred Molina, Dominic Cooper, Olivia Williams, and Kara Seymour. Jenny is a teen with a bright future. She's smart and has aspirations of attending Oxford University. She has lived a sheltered life and she is eager to see the world and to experience life in such a way in which her hometown that she sees as drab, dull, and gray can't offer. When David, a charming but much older suitor, motors into her life in a shiny car, Jenny gets a taste of adult life that she won't soon forget. This is my first time seeing this movie, so I did not see it whenever I was a teen. And I wish I would have, because I'm curious to know how I would have felt whenever I saw it. I mean, I think I, I have a decent idea, but whenever you get older and things happen, you see things differently. But this is the second Carrie Mulligan Sundance movie that's it's made me really sad and bummed me out. She was really great in it, of course. She's Carrie. She plays a believable 16 going on 17 year old, which was insane because she was like 23 or 24. Oh, really? Yeah. But then looking at her, I couldn't see her as that old, being that old in that role. It was wild. The Peter Sarsgaard character, David, whenever he first appears on screen and is introduced, I think people could probably tell that there's something off about him. But he's charming Jenny, who is Carrie Mulligan. Because of things that I've experienced in my life that I've had happened. I couldn't see him as being charming or anything. I just saw him as being disingenuine and a predator, basically. Ultimately, like, immediately, I just feel sad and worried for Jenny. She's really smart, but she's precocious. She's mature, but she's still naive, and she doesn't realize things, and so she's easily seduced. Mm -hmm. I know that spot, and I know what she's feeling, so it's just, it makes me feel sick to my stomach and scared. I know this this happened in those times, pre-late 60s before women's lib. People were just wanting to marry off their daughters as soon as possible. So, like, you went to college to find a husband, mm -hmm. and before college, you just marry him off. This whole movie was like this alternate universe that I, I couldn't even believe was real. All these people were just seeing this late 30s guy go out with the 16-year-old, and they were like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, even her parents. Whenever she brought him home and was just like, hey, can I go to this opera or whatever they went to? I can't remember the play. No, it was just a singer yeah. but can I go to this thing with him and her dad was kind of suspect at first but then he was just charmed by David as everyone is and he was like yeah that's fine and they're totally fine with it I could not imagine doing that in my own life there was no way <laughs> Yeah, I was reading a little bit about this movie after we watched it, and I read an interview with Peter Sarsgaard where he was saying that in order to portray this character, he chose not to view him as a predator, and whenever he would approach his scenes with Carrie, he would view it as not that he's trying to sleep with her, but that he's trying to accomplish certain goals, such as yeah. whenever <laughs> he first meets her and he says, oh, I know you shouldn't get into cars with strangers, let me I just I want to protect your instrument so just put it in my car and you can walk by he was approaching it as his goal is to get that instrument into his car not that he wants to sleep with her so he was yeah. <laughs> trying not to uh, seem like a creep just that he was genuinely concerned for the cello or whatever and yeah. that was part of his charm whenever that part was happening it almost almost seemed charming because if I didn't know what this movie was about going in I would have been like oh that's kind of funny but I know what's happening but she she doesn't know what's happening. That's I know, the point. and it's... <laughs> It's so sad. It just, it makes me so sad. And then just the way that he picked her up off the street mm -hmm. 
it's like he's he does this all the time which he probably does and yes he does but it's like he probably cruises around that school because it's an all-girls school mm-hmm. and he this is just the thing for him yeah and also with his friends just being like yeah here's a 16 year old in our group S- that's suddenly cool. hanging out with us yeah and they're just like oh that's so cool you guys are gonna be a couple how sweet it was wild <laughs> yeah because it's just more accepted then and i think 16 which the age of consent i looked that up yeah i i was wondering and in the uk at least which is where they were it said that at 16 you can get married Mm -hmm. but it said that they are still minors okay under 18 yeah i just think it's more commonplace it's like you have this older suitor who can take care of you Mm -hmm. why not let you hang out with him yeah so the parents can be like oh thank god we don't have to worry about her Like Elvis Presley met Priscilla whenever she was 14 and he was 24. And then he was just like dating her at that time. And her parents were like, yep, that's fine. And it's so wild. Like, I cannot believe that they did this. Yeah. But then it just became accepted over the the years. It's so gross. This movie holds a special memory in my heart because I associated with a special day near the end of my first semester of my freshman year of college where I suddenly realized I had the opportunity and wherewithal to just go spend a day at the movies if I wanted to. (laughs) So... After I got my classes done, I just drove to Nashville, went to the local theater, and I saw four movies back to back. (laughs) I remember. Started off with Boondock Saints 2, went to Precious... (laughs) <laughs> went to Twilight New Moon and then ended it with an education. That's a heavy afternoon. It, it was a day. <laughs> and I was like, I can do anything. I'm an adult. This is what I chose to do. So I always associate an education with that. And this is the first time I've watched it since it was in theaters. And there were certain things I remembered pretty clearly, but it was interesting revisiting the film, especially because it starts out with really jaunty light music. And mm. I was thinking, whoa, this is way jazzier than I remembered this. I I expected a more dour tone, but it was kind of uplifting at parts. And it got even more, it got more so near the end. Well, I'm saying as they came to the actual end, it kind of once again regained its hopefulness. This movie, it's very interesting as I've also grown up and kind of realized, I knew at the time it was really skeezy that he was Mm -hmm. hitting on her, but just kind of, I had to look up, I was like, how old is is he supposed to be? And I was like, oh, in his like mid to late 30s. Wow, mm-hmm. okay. That is quite insane. Mm-hmm. But knowing what Carrie's went on to do and seeing her growth, I think this was a really great start for her. Yeah. And a real good exemplification of her talents. Got that Oscar nom. Yeah. And I was looking that that was the year Sandy won for the blind side. <laughs> yeah. And most of the people in that category were better than her yeah. that year. I remember people were upset with Sandra Bullock's yeah. win. I mean, I'm glad Sandy has an Oscar, but maybe save it for Gravity and give... Yeah, that's... Everyone is pretty much on agreement in that. Yeah. But this movie, it's, it's interesting to view. You talked about his friends. I was interested to see uh, Rosamund Pike there and playing a ditz yeah it was super uncomfortable that whole time just her constantly not understanding what was going on and her being kind of put down and yeah cast aside she was put down and then she had like zero comprehension of humor the first interaction that you understand that she's not quite all there basically is that whenever Jenny starts speaking French and then she's like what did you just say and then she translated it into English she's like no that's not what you said and she's yeah. like no I speaking French <laughs> yeah it took me off guard because I didn't expect her to be dumb or yeah. anything that was just kind of blunt where she was like what did you just say and then she drug it out and took all of the silliness out of it yeah. I was just like what it really threw me off. I wasn't a big fan of how they treated that character because I expected her to eventually get some agency and kind of stop putting up with all of the crap that she was being forced because she was being literally told to shut up by her boyfriend and Mm -hmm. then she just kind of takes it until the movie ends and she's just there and I was like oh okay there's no uh, triumph with this character there's no making good on or showing that there's some depth to her yeah I mean I feel bad for her Mm -hmm. as well because I know that she was mostly excited that Jenny was there because she had someone else to commiserate with and also just like bring down into this level so it's like oh maybe the all the bad attention won't be all on me all the time and I can have this other person to lighten the load 
even though Ginny was brilliant. And yeah, like, she's way smart. And she just kind of even get, made her feel more isolated because she's like, oh, women don't have to be just dumb mm-hmm. objects. Even though Ginny was 16, she felt much more mature and worldly than yeah. her character. I was really pleased that Ginny was so smart. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even though she is very, very smart, she's still naive. Very naive. So she doesn't quite catch things that she should or she gets led into situations that she shouldn't be in. I think because she was so smart, David wasn't ready for that. He literally picked her up off the street and then he learned a little bit about her on the car ride home. And then he thought, oh, this is good. I'm going to go for this. And then as he gets to know her more, he's realizing she's a little bit of a challenge. But he's like, this is interesting and fun. I can do this. Even though she can be annoying sometimes because he's just like, just go along with what I'm saying. And he has to explain things like, I'm doing this. It's fine. Because she questions things. Yeah. It's interesting to think about if she had been someone else, he probably would have just adapted what his approach was, even if she didn't have the interest that she had. Because Ginny was interested in art and culture and Mm -hmm. that getting out of that town yeah and he was able to provide that but if another girl was interested in saying like i'm interested in horses and stuff he's like oh i have access to horses i can take he would have just been that predator that adapted to whatever yeah and that's very true to life Mm -hmm. especially whenever you're going after underage girls because it's easy to do that and they trust you too yeah probably the most hard-hitting moments in the movie is because her parents are so have become so enamored with David and there's a point where basically Ginny calls her parents out for not protecting her because she's a child and they're supposed to be the adults Mm -hmm. and I think that that's a very powerful blunt moment that needed to be they needed to be hit with that reality that they're not being the best parents that they can be yeah I was extremely upset with her parents for most of the movie the problem also is that Jenny was kind of an accomplice in duping them, but then it was in good fun to Jenny, and yeah. it, it wasn't serious, but it turns out it's very serious. Yeah. I did like that by virtue of Alfred being in this movie, that Promising Young Woman is a reunion for... Yeah, I thought about that. I've also felt sorry for a lot of the surrounding characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I was worried for Jenny, but I felt really sad for her teacher, Mrs. Stubbs, and, or I guess Miss Stubbs, and even a little bit her principal, Emma Thompson. Yeah, Miss Walters. Yeah, because they saw what was happening, and Miss Walters said she is tired of seeing all of these girls throw their lives away because they see this all the time, which is insane to me because they see all these little girls get picked up by these grown men and just taken out and no more education, and they get pregnant, and that's their life. They just disappear, which it's so crazy to me. And Miss Stubbs just seeing all of this promise in Jenny and being so pleased with having her in her class and teaching her and she's excited to teach her because she even said you make it all worth it like reading about this girl's pony (laughs) a paper on her pony she's like you make it worth it and then Jenny getting seduced and wanting to throw all of this away and she was so disappointed and then she's just like well I don't want to have a life like you you seem really boring and dull and sad yeah and then that's like a hit to her like okay thanks just eviscerating her life the one student (laughs) that makes it worth it is taking her down and just what she's been doing her entire life and built her life around is just trying to help these girls and it must be like talking to a brick wall a lot of times mm-hmm. which is very frustrating because they believe they know best and because they've gotten just the tiniest bit of experience yeah. and just seeing all of them just throw their lives away I did find that Jenny made some interesting points whenever she was talking to Emma Thompson's headmistress character about how they're basically teaching them to or preparing them for a life that's just going to be filled with boredom and everyone seems bored in the country which is just a byproduct of their society Mm because they're so serious and focused on career and just duty and that's why she likes France more it's filled with music and passion yeah but the argument that she should be prepared 
word for because the liberation is right around the corner because there's going to be more people like Jenny mm-hmm. who are wanting more out of life. They want culture and fun and excitement. She needs to be prepared for girls who are wanting that and how she needs to respond to those girls who are combating her like Jenny is. Yeah, and I'm sure she she had probably seen it a little bit more before Jenny said all of those things. The movie takes place in 1961, I think. So it's right on the verge of women's lib because that was late 60s. I'm not sure about if it was the same timeline as America, but she has to be seeing that a little bit more. So you'd think that she would be more prepared. But after Jenny, she would definitely be more prepared. I'm always on the side in these movies whenever it's just the young girl is trying to make it into college and she's really excited. So I'm excited because I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And something happens and then she wavers, like maybe I don't need it. Or a man comes in and is like, you don't need it. Whatever. I'm always just like, no girl, you gotta go to college. Because even if it wasn't like this predatory scenario and she was in love with him and it was age appropriate, I'm always just like, you can still go to college and be in love. Just go to college. (laughs) You don't have to be a kept woman. Yes, please just go to college. Because you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And even if you get pregnant, you can still go. You can still go. Just go. Because I want them to open their minds and expand their horizons. Knowledge is power and it will open their world up and they will have a much better life, even if they can't get some job, which in those times it was extremely hard to get something out of a secretary or a nurse Mm -hmm. or something or a teacher, but you can still have a way better life. So whenever she was not wanting to go, it was an even further just blow. And I was like, please, no. Don't do this. Don't mess up your life. Because college would have offered all the things that she wanted and it wouldn't have been boring. It would have been exciting and new and fun and meeting new people. It was what she wanted. Yeah. Living away from home. Just do it. So I think this movie was very well made, like all together, and the cast was great, and the performances were great. It's a really difficult movie, and I don't know if I really want to watch it again. It just brought up a lot, and I it's heavy. I don't think that I'll be in the mood to watch it again. You don't want to be in these feelings again? No. It's really well done, and Carrie was really great, and she deserved the Oscar nomination. I just don't think I'll be watching it again. Yeah, as I said, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So, I mean, I would probably still watch it again, but my memory's so bad. It'll be like a new experience all over again. <laughs> In a week. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I'd remembered from the first viewing, and I mentioned this to you, I didn't remember exactly how it went down, but I remember there was a bit where Jenny was on the verge of losing her virginity, mm-hmm. and David comes out with a banana and just says to her, I just thought we would get the... Uh, messy bit out of the way it's just stuck with me ever since then I was every time it, a girl's about to lose her virginity on screen I think about this banana being brought out and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> yeah um what's funny about that scene I mean I was disgusted by it but whenever he brought it out I'm so used to seeing on tv and movies sex ed classes okay. and people putting practicing putting condoms on so they put these bananas and put condoms on bananas so whenever he brought that out I was like <laughs> It's like he wants her to put the condom on him, but he wants her to practice on the banana first. <laughs> He's, so, he's being a teacher to her. Yeah, so I was like, messy bit. So like, he just, he gets off on them putting the condom on him. Okay, that's super weird. <laughs> so I was just like, what is happening? And then I was like, wait, does he want to have sex with her with a banana? <laughs> does he get off on that? And then I was just truly horrified but then I thought he just wants to break her hymen with it and then I was like why not just do it himself or even with a finger this is insane this whole thing is just insane and it is not sanitary or hygienic this is where most of our subscribers are gonna tune out because they're like this is too much right now yep well get used to it yeah these are the waves of disgust that Jessica experienced during that scene. just trying to figure out what was happening because I couldn't see past the sex ed classes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gross. People, don't put foreign objects in your body that shouldn't go there. <laughs> don't put objects that aren't made to be in there in your body. I mean, bananas are made to be in your body, just through your, your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> On that lovely note, hit me with that rating system. Well, guess what? My rating system is bananas. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't want a lot of bananas in this rating system. (laughs) 
I had thought about bachelor cigarettes, but I think I'm going to go with bananas. All right. How many bananas would you give this? I would give this movie three and a half bananas out of five. Very good. Very good. Uh, I would give this movie four bananas out of five. I think it's a very strong movie and it's tough to watch, but very well done. Mm -hmm. If you would like to see how you feel about this movie, it is currently, as of this recording, streaming on HBO Max and it's also available on (laughs) Blu-ray. I will skip the part where I brag for three minutes about how great and cool I am. Seeing as we are all qualified young men of skill and character. People like that stuff. People like that stuff a lot. Some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. I'm playing this like a game. I would like very much to win. I love it, boys. I love it. Where are you from? I come from a very modest family. Uh, I'm on the course to be the first one to graduate from high school. I'm a progressive person, and I'm in a room full of mostly conservative people. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. I've never seen so many white people ever. I feel like everybody has a secret underlying need for bipartisanship. A message of unity, as good as it sounds, is not winning anyone any elections. Voice State premiered at the 2020 Sundance Film Festival, where it won the U.S. Documentary Competition Grand Jury Prize. It is directed and produced by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain. The film follows a thousand teenage boys attending Voice State in Austin, Texas, coming together to build a representative government from the ground up, from all the different political backgrounds, navigating challenges of organizing political parties, consensus, and campaigning for the highest office at Boy State, Governor of Texas. This film, whenever it came out last year and we watched it, it... Really, I had heard about how it. this is a film that mimics what we're going through today in politics. <laughs> and, I mean, it's pretty much correct. <laughs> Just seeing this weird event where all of these boys think they can get a jumpstart on their political career by going to this event where they've just become little dictators, basically. Yeah, it made me think of Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Yeah, just more political backstabbing. But then it's interesting, you follow kind of a core group of characters and some people, I guess the important thing to point out is the film doesn't necessarily take a political slant. So you can either as a Democrat or Republican or other, independent, whatever your political party, you can pretty much view this and not come away steaming mad because no one's really painted to be particularly villainous, even though, depending on your own beliefs, you might view some people as villainous. Personally, I think the heart of the movie is Stephen Garza, Mm -hmm. who is this very inspirational boy who goes to this... It's like a camp, Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'll call it a camp. Like He goes to this camp with the idea of bipartisanship in mind. and He's very idealistic. He's more so democratic, mm-hmm. but he knows that it is also Texas. So <laughs> he's very open to hearing people out. He's the type of person that you, you want in politics. Yeah, It's what you aspire to have your representative be. But then you also have people like this guy named Robert, who's basically, he's like a good old boy who wants to, just come in and use his charm and <laughs> his wherewithal to to steamroll the boys state camp and take over the party become the governor and just use all the tactics that have worked in political campaigns in the last several decades he says what they want to hear basically yeah he's a real doofus it's funny <laughs> it's funny but it's outrageous what's outrageous is that it works a lot of the times mm-hmm. like he gets very far yeah, he's like just tell the people what you want to hear make deals with people and i think his his uh main strategy was figure out where everyone stands on a certain position take that position yes do not deviate basically just be a chameleon mm-hmm. i mean he's seen it work which is why he did it mm-hmm. and it works which is very scary yeah and then you have people that actually have standards and morals like steven mm-hmm. 
he tries to stay true to his convictions, but he likes to hear people out. And he's willing to compromise, but he wants to have both people feel like they're on, like, getting the winning side of the equation. Yeah, he wants to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who go in with good intention, like this double amputee named Ben, Mm -hmm. who starts out as an underdog, but then soon realizes that he does not have the clout to (laughs) actually become a leader. So he kind of takes a villainous turn to, like, a puppet master for the Federalist. (laughs) It's insane to see these boys are only here for a few days, (laughs) but to see how this political system, it naturally springs, the stuff we've seen in real life springs into action so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, there are Instagram accounts that are quickly created to attack the opposing side and spread misinformation. And then there are even radio shows hosted at Boy State where people go on and spread lies and misinformation and or campaign campaign (laughs) i mean isn't that what campaigning is yeah yeah i'm just thinking of how steven was on it how he was just talking about what he wanted to do and Mm -hmm. the important things and not trying to mudsling mudsling yeah Yeah. then there's a renee who's like the chairman of the nationalist party and there's some wild stuff that goes on with him because he's a gay african-american boy in texas so he's already at a disadvantage but then yeah he wants to make a difference as well he likes helping steven he wants steven to win but then he also is really tired of people's shit and he is more so like i'm gonna get in your face about it and you need to shut the fuck up (laughs) so he'll get in your face and yell whereas steven is just kind of like i don't want to make people angry i just i want us to get along (laughs) yeah but then whenever he makes his own party angry it gets to a point where they want to secede (laughs) and like impeach him (laughs) and it's just all this party infighting it's wild because these are teenage boys yeah these are unfortunately probably our next crop of future political people and they that's what they've learned from media that's what they've seen works yeah this whole movie is a giant case study and it's fascinating Mm -hmm. because it shows how fast mob mentality and then like the political system Mm -hmm. our own political system warps and twists their minds it's very insidious also nature versus nurture like the families that they came from like what they're used to seeing as they're growing up in Mm -hmm. schools and adult figures and their parents if they're just spewing the same stuff that they hear from their parents which a lot of them are yeah different class structures yeah it's very interesting it's very frustrating and very interesting yeah i don't think i've said this yet but this movie is great it is very good it's really good and it's very interesting (laughs) if you like documentaries yeah it's probably one of my favorite documentaries that i've ever seen i know this sounds like a hot button topic but i think this is an important movie for people to see just to get a sense of what exactly has been instilled in this younger generation and how how that's just going to continue more of a chaotic path moving forward. Because yeah. I'm not sure if there's even a way to get out of this system without... I don't know how to reform it. So I don't think there is because people don't want it reformed. True. They like the chaos. Yeah. Because... It keeps certain people in power that want to be there. <laughs> yeah. The attempts at bipartisanship in this film, whenever they're laying it out, you're saying, yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want to be able to come together and mm-hmm. have a meeting of the minds. But then usually doesn't work out. No. And like, we're not going to reveal who ends up the governor or anything. Mm-mm. But I will just say, I have never been so stressed out about a <laughs> fake yeah. governmental outcome <laughs> than I have in this movie. Because you get so invested in our case. Steven because mm-hmm. he's so genuine and he has such good ideas yeah. and you, you just want this for him yeah. and it's very emotional because there are moments where he's talking to people or he's talking to his family and you can see that he really cares about this process and mm-hmm. he cares for his country yeah. and he wants to represent it and you feel that as you watch him and just seeing how other people choose to take him down and like discredit him you're just saying why does it have to be this way yeah because it seemed like a lot of the boys who wanted to take him down they didn't take any of it seriously like they wanted to be there but then they didn't take the whole process seriously and they're making a joke out of things Mm -hmm. and then they like being bullies Mm -hmm. and it's not that important but to steven it was everything that he got in was a really big deal to him and he worked 
really hard to get there. And he knew the opportunities that it would give him. So he took it very seriously. But a lot of the boys were just there to hang out. Yeah, it was a game to them. Mm-hmm. They, they're just regurgitating stuff that they've... Especially whenever they were debating gun control and abortion. Like, especially gun control because it's Texas. Mm-hmm. So everyone pretty much went up there and just said what they wanted to hear. Just, we're not going to touch your guns. But yeah. whenever anyone deigns to even bring up the possibility of gun control, just how it just basically implodes. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's crazy how much it can affect even just young minds who they're not even working in it day to day. But then suddenly they spend like a few days just doing it and then it just gets into their minds and they start doing the exact same thing that politicians and people do in our government. <laughs> yeah, this sounds very bleak and dry, but it's very also funny a lot of the times there's a lot of really silly stuff there's some auditions for some talent competitions that have some uh, funny things that come up from that it's not a slog of a documentary by any means it's very propulsive and fun and interesting I think it's um, it's kind of like non-stop action and it's also very hopeful I find it hopeful Mm -hmm. and nice because it has really sweet moments Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed but also the funny bits are really fun because it usually involves someone being awkward and then feeling awkward and (laughs) it not working out for them and they're just like, uh. Yeah. Especially Robert. (laughs) Because he's trying so hard. Yeah. He's like, I don't know why this isn't working. I've done all the right things. I've said all the right things, but I'm still not winning. What is going on? Because people, they usually look at him like they do in their school, just like, oh, yeah, that's Robert. He's a bit much. He's extra. If you just don't say anything and ignore him, he'll stop. (laughs) But it's interesting because the movie does show how some of these people have gone on to actually participate in the governmental process. Mm -hmm. And it does leave you a little bit hopeful and you hope they don't get corrupted and that the machine doesn't eat them up. Yeah, it left me hopeful because I was thinking, okay, Steven's out there and soon he'll be in the process because just watching him in this movie, I know he won't give up and I know he won't get corrupted because he really loves this country. So I think it's going to be good. And I, I really am excited to see what he does. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things is this movie, it focuses on boys' state, but I've heard they're making a girls' state, and oh. I'd be really interested to watch that because girls, they have they such have... a different dynamic. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of mind stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that that was happening, and I'm here for it. Oof, that's going to be intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for that. I just imagine just looking over at you a lot during that, you'd be going, ooh, girl. <laughs> I'll be just like in cold sweats the entire movie. (laughs) Oh my God, she just said that. Because boys, they're pretty easy to figure out. They're very like, see something, do something. Like they think it, they say it. Yeah, they lack subtlety a lot of times. And usually if they have a problem with someone, the dudes are just like, you got a problem? (laughs) And then they're like, yeah, maybe I do. Yeah. Girls will take you down without you even knowing it. And then like a day later, you're in this situation and your life is crumbling around you and you have no idea how you got there. (laughs) So yeah, let's hope for Girls' Day because that's going to be a real gem of a movie. Yeah. Just watch this movie, watch Girls' Day, and just think about how maybe you can do better. Please just think of ways to make our society better. Yeah. And this movie makes you want to be a better activist for your own rights. Yeah. Especially this movie makes you want better. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to be a better human being. Oh, good for you. And how was it? All right. Give me that rating system. Okay. Uh, I went with fake Instagram accounts. Nice. Since it's such a damning part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I would give this movie four and a half out of five Finstas. Finstas. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, no debate here. I would also give this four and a half Finstas out of five. <laughs> if you want to see if this amazing documentary, it is currently streaming exclusively through Apple TV+. I believe in America. I believe we are the best. I have spent my life working hard, trying to do the right thing. I just hope when you vote, you remember that. I'd like to remind you what this contest is about. It is about excellence in butter. God bless America. Welcome to the Steak Mastery in Butter Competition. 
You're the Elvis of butter. You're a legend. Back in 94, Bob reveals Schindler's List. It just made me cry. And we're not even Jewish. Butter was released in 2012. It was written by Jason A. McAuliffe and directed by Jim Fieldsmith. It stars Jennifer Garner, Ty Burrell, Olivia Wilde, Rob Corddry, Ashley Green, and Alicia Silverstone, and also a young Yara Shahidi who you may know from Blackish and Grunish. For many years, Laura Pickler has relished the prestige and admiration afforded her as the wife of Iowa's longtime butter carving champion, Bob. When Bob is pressured to retire from competition so that someone else has a chance of victory, Laura decides to enter the contest herself. When three formidable opponents also enter the fray, Laura vows to win at any cost, including recruiting her stupid ex-boyfriend for a bit of sabotage. I knew this movie would be pretty strange. I was counting on that. This is my first viewing. And it is pretty strange, but I still enjoyed it. A lot of people do not like it. <laughs> I think they think that it's probably too weird and boring, maybe. But I found it interesting. I liked it. And I like the cast and how they work together. It kind of had like a, almost like a drop dead gorgeous type feel about it. Yeah, just kind of weird small town stuff. But I like stuff like that. It's interesting. <laughs> it's uh, quirky. I didn't have high hopes for this movie because I knew it didn't really do much when it first came out, but I love the cast and I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed this movie. It's not the best movie that I've ever mm -hmm. seen, but it's a nice weekend movie to put on and the cast, they're doing a good job and they have really weird, <laughs> outrageous personalities that yeah. I find amusing. I think if you lower your expectations, you'll be good, which is what we did. So yeah. <laughs> I really love uh, Olivia Wilde's character. Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> she was probably my favorite. Yeah, the stripper who <laughs> gives no Fs. Yeah, because she's here to ruin Bob's life. Yeah. I like that she starts out with a singular mission to take down Bob because she wants her money that he owes her. But it ends up she kind of uh, gets behind Destiny and helps her out. And it's just like, yeah, let's take down Laura too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've also been watching a lot of Jennifer Garner movies recently. Yeah. And I have a soft spot in my heart for Jennifer Gardner. Me too. I always have. And I think this is one of the better ones I've seen recently, just mm -hmm. because she's given more of a chance to be a fully three-dimensional person. Yeah. I like whenever she gets to stretch her muscles a bit. Yeah. I mean, she plays an asshole, but mm -hmm. it's a fun asshole. <laughs> she's likable. It's like whenever you want your villains to not just be one-dimensional and just be straight-up evil, mm -hmm. they have some sort of depth to them where you kind of understand and you yeah. feel sorry for them but you also don't want them to succeed <laughs> yeah it comes from a sadness in her own life because all she's had is her husband's success in this very ridiculous field of butter sculpting yeah and her husband hasn't exactly given her that much attention no so. so she just wants to have a little bit for herself because it's being taken away from her like this being the first lady of butter basically yeah <laughs> and jennifer's good at playing a little bit dark but still have that underlying sweetness that yeah. keeps you rooting for her. Yeah. The colorful cast of characters in this town was amusing. I loved Kristen Schaal being in there. <laughs> yeah. As a hopeful butter carver that just doesn't quite have yeah. what it takes. <laughs> She's just there to have a good time and carve some butter. Yeah, her, her awkward interactions with Laura, how she wants to be best friends with her. Yeah. It's like high school where Laura's the popular girl and she wants in. She tries to suck up to her. I also really appreciate Rob Corey and Alicia Silverstone as mm. the uh, foster parents yeah. for Destiny. Because Destiny's story, it's actually pretty dark and sad because she's had to bounce from foster home to foster home just mm -hmm. from being with people who have either died or just mistreated her yeah. and got sent to jail or whatever. But she has a very, it's an attitude that you would mostly see in a movie where she's like, nothing's going to keep me down, basically. Yeah, but she's also, because she's been through all this stuff, her expectations of people are so low now. That's true. So she's almost a little bit jaded in a way. So she just goes in expecting the worst and she's like, well, I'll just stay until they get tired of me like they do and then I'll move to a new house. Yeah, you're right. That, that, <laughs> whenever she would say stuff, say stuff like that, it would just break your heart because yeah. you're just like, no, life doesn't have to be a never-ending series of disappointments. Yeah, she she doesn't have that childlike aspect to her where it's like, I wonder what's going to happen. Anything is possible because the world is magical. She knows it's not magical. 
magical. Yeah, like the world's always been awful, and it'll probably continue to be awful, and that's how it is, and that's fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I've accepted it, and this is how my life has been, so it's okay. Yeah, but I was glad to see Alicia Silverstone in this role. Yes, me too. She doesn't get a lot to do these days. Yeah, I love whenever she has roles in things. I was worried that they were going to be crappy parents and not great, but both of them were really good together and they're very sweet and supportive and I really like them. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in the film was whenever Rob's character, Ethan, was outside of the uh, sign-up for the competition with Destiny because she wanted to go in, but she was afraid of putting her name down and they just went through us. It was silly, but it was like a series, a checklist of what's the worst thing that could happen when you were going in there and it just mm. became like the room could be filled filled with spaghetti and it would drown you or whatever. Yeah. It's just like a series of things to alleviate the pressures, which is basically a therapy technique. Yes, I was going to say that's what you do for anxiety. Yeah. I like that moment too. I like how quickly Destiny was like endeared to Alicia's character. You didn't see it at first, like you didn't know, but then there's that scene. It's sad for Rob's character, but where he sees the picture that she drew of Alicia's character and she didn't draw a picture of him but the picture it looks so pretty and you can obviously tell that destiny is a bit taken with her mm-hmm. and i thought that was really cute yeah this movie has i compared it to drop dead gorgeous but i mean it has more heart than mm-hmm. drop dead gorgeous it has it's more emotionally fulfilling it's not as funny by no, any means no. but it's it's a nice weird balance of comedy and human drama and yeah which feelings. is pretty great yeah feelings <laughs> We mentioned Olivia Wilde's character, but she just... (laughs) Last week, we talked about the bronze and how (laughs) Melissa's character Uh, had a a filthy mouth. It's not to that level, but Olivia... She says some things in this movie (laughs) that my jaw kind of dropped. I was just like, okay. okay." (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just a lot. Yeah. She's a likable jerk slash bad girl. Mm -hmm which I like characters like that. And it's interesting knowing where Olivia's went since this film, because like she's went on to direct and Mm -hmm. just do a lot of different things. And just to see her growth as a person, it's just, it's nice to see. (laughs) It's so nice. It's so nice. for I love that for her. She's very good at playing characters with an edge to them, Mm -hmm. whether it's like a snarky, smart, alecky edge or just like a sadness. Mm -hmm. And there's a deep pain because in House, she had depth because she there was a sadness to her. This one is more like she's got that dark edge. She's got a chip on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. So she's good with those. I haven't made it to that season of or seasons of House yet, Mm -hmm. but I look forward to it. Yeah, that's the first time that I was introduced to Olivia Wilde. And I really liked her character on that show, so it's only been up from there. (laughs) We've talked a lot about the performances, but for the story itself, I was actually, I mean, you're supposed to be impressed, but I was really impressed by the butter sculptures. There was some really cool stuff on display here. Every time that they were carving, I was really excited to see what would come of it. Yeah, there's some genuinely, like, fine art that's come out, but there's also some silly stuff. And just knowing that the writers had to come up with all of these ridiculous butter sculptures, like, what should we make him (laughs) sculpt? What should we make her sculpt? Yeah, I know that they weren't using real butter. Yeah. But in real life, I know that people do this, I think. Hopefully they donate it to something that can be used, because that is a waste of butter. I don't think you could use that after it's been... Your hands and tools in it? Yeah. Man, that's a shame. Sorry, Jessica. No <laughs> flapjacks today. Darn it! We would be remiss if we did not discuss Hugh Jackman in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because he is a straight-up doofus. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Yeah. There's some uh, painfully awkward uh, <laughs> sexual tension between yeah. her, him and Jennifer Garner as she tries to manipulate him. Basically just like she did in high school, I'm sure. Yeah, just w- winds him up and yeah. lets him go. But then he's so bad at carrying out her plan. <laughs> yeah, he's also the guy who his heart is bigger than his brain. Because he, as he's saying it, he's just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Yeah, but I like touching your bits. So yeah. I guess I'll do it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. There are a lot of people in this movie that just pop up that I did not know were in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was surprising. This is stat cast. Yeah, and also Phyllis... Smith. Yeah, Phyllis Smith from The Office. Yeah. She was in this, and she was really good. I liked her character. She was intimidated by Jennifer Garner's Laura, mm-hmm. but also kind of wanted to stick it to her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she was tired of her shit. Yeah. <laughs> and 
then there's Ty Burrell from Modern Family. Yeah, as, he, uh, Bob. Yeah. Laura's husband. He's a really good comedic actor, and he does well in this. And he has small moments with Destiny where he kind of encourages her to mm-hmm. follow her butter skill path. <laughs> butter skill. You have skills with butter, miss. <laughs> because he's been doing this for so long, and he's kind of over it. I mean, he's not over it. He would continue if they didn't bounce him. But yeah. he appreciates that there is someone with genuine skill coming up to keep on their tradition and yeah skill and interest in it Mm -hmm. which the shine has worn off for him Mm -hmm. so i think he's very impressed by destiny yeah I think if you go into the movie not expecting to laugh out loud the entire time, it's not supposed to be just straight up comedy. You'll end up just being, oh, that was cute. Yeah, and just have some chuckles. (laughs) Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. Hit me with your best shot, Jessica. Hit me with that rating system. Okay, I fear that we maybe might have the... I don't think we will. Okay, I just went quick and easy butter sculptures. Okay. (laughs) I think I'm going to give this movie three butter sculptures out of five. Ooh, nice. I went with injured dinguses (laughs) because of a particularly amusing moment in the movie for me. (laughs) And I will give this three and a half broken dinguses out of five. Okay. I was charmed by this movie. If you want to see how you feel about this film, it is currently streaming on HBO Max and Prime Video and also available on Blu-ray. joining us for this episode of home dance film festival join us again next week when we will be discussing 2014's camp x-ray starring Kristen stewart and 2017's ingrid goes west starring aubrey plaza and elizabeth olsen plus a wild card that you will have to wait to hear about for those who want to prepare at home camp x-ray is currently available on blu-ray and to stream on amc plus and ingrid goes west is available on blu-ray or on hulu If you have any thoughts or opinions about the movies we discussed today or movie suggestions, you can write us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. If you feel so inclined, feel free to leave a rating or review. It helps us out. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DylanGonzalez2. You can also find me publishing reviews almost daily on geekvibesnation.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at JessicaNarrates. You can also find me contributing to geekvibesnation.com. Yeah, go check out Jessica's work on geekvibesnation.com. She did a piece on Bicentennial Man that will blow your mind. (laughs) Thanks. We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. Original music for the show is produced by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at musicbyandrewcarroll.com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at theartofbenbelcher. I've been Dylan. And I've been Jessica. And that's not how you use a banana. Bye. Bye! Tchau,